Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, everybody, and welcome to In the Clinch, the MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. I want to thank you all for listening and downloading, subscribing, whatever, however it is you're listening. We do appreciate it. And uh, for any new listeners that may have uh, caught a snippet of our show on YouTube uh, this past week, uh, we'll probably hopefully put more of that up. But I want to thank you for finding us and uh, consider uh, subscribing to the Fight Game Media Patreon uh, if you really like what you hear, it's a patreon.com backslash fight game media. It's just five bucks a month and you get all kinds of uh, boxing, pro wrestling, eh, some MMA content on there. Not much, but yeah. You know, um, but uh, yeah, we're here. Uh, got a loaded show today, Ryan. Um, we got we got the UFC uh, 280 coming up. Big one. Um, and uh, also uh, UFC. We got to recap last week's UFC show. But first, we got to talk about and uh this is, in my opinion, a long time coming, um, and uh, but I, I didn't even know about it till you brought it up as a topic. So I'll, I'll let you uh, explain what what we're going to talk about here. Well, I mean, it just it literally came down like within an hour of me emailing you a okay. rundown. So it's just something that just happened today. But but yeah, the uh, UFC sent out a memo updating their uh, what is I don't what do they call it their. Uh, athlete uh conduct code policy. of conduct code of conduct yeah yes uh saying that fighters can no longer bet on fights uh can't bet on their own can't can't bet on you know any others any others they're barred from doing so does that mean it's going to stop some people no i mean people will find ways ways around this but there's there's a uh, several reasons and i mean i mean there's it feels like it was a long time, long time coming. Surprised it didn't happen sooner, 
but yeah. it's it seems lately there's been more and more fighters and people involved with involved with UFC fighters, you know, coaches being more and more open about about their gambling on fights and they're making money and all and all this and that. So it kind of felt like something that was about the shit was about to hit the fan somewhere and all oh, that. Yeah. And I got a few other stuff, a few other things, a few other details I can add to it once I get your initial kind of reactions on well, it. Well, I mean, we talked I, that's like not that long ago on this show. Uh, was it now, was it James Krause who was saying that he made more money betting on fights than he does coaching fighters? Okay, so yeah, I okay. I wanted I wanted to see if you were bringing up James, James Krause because yeah. he, uh, depending on whether these stories are true or not, he may be the center of everything okay. when it comes to the banning of <laughs> uh, of this. Well, I mean, that's a red flag. I mean, first of all, like I, I wasn't sure, like when you sent me this topping, I, I assume, or this topic, I assumed obviously they couldn't bet on their own fights, but I mean, it makes sense that they shouldn't be betting on other people's fights either. Um, I mean, any other sport um, that is a serious sport, you, you can't be betting on fights. And I mean, there's just, they, they are, they they have their partnerships with these betting companies. Now the DraftKings is all over the broadcast. There's other ones there's betting shows there's like they're so ingrained in this betting and in order to maintain their credibility as a sport you can't have fighters that are not making that much money um betting on on the sport and and i mean i think what you said about yeah people can find a way and yeah if you've got a gambling problem and you're that desperate and you find a way this gives them an out to you know get rid of you if they think that something's not on the up and up and th- there's been a few cases there was one, I, the last one I remember, it was a couple of years ago. I, I remember like they took, I think they took a fight off the books because a guy was like a, a super high underdog. And then all of a sudden he became a favorite and there was like tons of money coming in from like Southeast Asia or something on, yeah, that, on this that particular little, fight. That uh, cunt and bang fight. Yeah. 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 Cunt and bang. Yeah. How could <laughs> I forget that? Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, and you know, like every week you'll, you'll see a thing. Oh, big bet alert. Somebody just bet $50,000 on this particular fight. Meanwhile, like, you know, the guys in the fight are making like 10 grand each, you know, or, yeah. or you know, it's, and, and we're talking prelims and there is so much money being bet on these fights. I mean, it's going to come out at some point and it's going to shock people how much money is being bet on UFC every weekend. Yeah. For uh, I do want to say for one, th- one thing in particular to one comment I saw, no, this is not a way to take away fighters trying to, uh, to take away an income that fighters are trying to make, so, you know, they're Oh not, my UFC's, God. UFC's not trying to stop fighters from, from making money this way, this <laughs> okay. way as somebody, okay. as, as somebody I, I saw, I'm not going to say, yeah. says somebody I saw <laughs> said, okay. said this, that is not here. Uh, here's one thing. Uh, uh, back to James Krause. It's like Twitch, you remember, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You remember, you remember he was part of uh, the Brett Okamoto show, the betting show show you know that they would advertise every week it'd be yeah 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 be a i i noticed like several weeks ago like he stopped being part of that show so it was just like did they remove him and now i saw a story you know that somebody was pushing, that he was involved in like this scheme to where he was trying to get fighters to send him money and he would place the bets for for the fighters and he would keep a percentage 
he would keep a percentage and he would claim that if he were to love if he were to lose the fighter's money, he'd be paying it paying it back. Keep in mind that James Krause, yes, he's he's kind of I think he just announced his retirement not too long ago. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He's no longer an active fighter, but he's a coach. He's got inside inside knowledge on inside knowledge on on, on all this stuff. So you were talking about I think this is suppose some people have said like like some important people found out about this kind of like almost like a Ponzi scheme kind of yeah. that was going to turn into and that, that, that this was kind of the crutch for this. Well, obviously he's, he's basically obvi- acting as a loan shark. Yeah. That's basically <laughs> what he's trying to do. Do yeah. doing offshore, offshore betting. Here's, here's a very vital thing in all of this. And, and if these fighters were to be making these bets at these Vegas casinos and taking these, casinos for a ton of money then all of a sudden these casinos are going to get the nevada athletic commission involved yeah now what happens from there happens from there do these casinos with all their money start pressuring the the nevada commission to take away the ufc's license what happens what if that were to what if that were to get get involved the politics of getting that happen there's just too many dangers dangers Mm -hmm. in this so so yeah i mean they have to they have to respond because well, now, here, here's because now you're, now you're because now it's a situation where where the company could be held yeah. liable held liable for for all this you know inside insider info and in, you know everybody everybody in the sport talks about like oh my guys hurt this guy on this team I heard is hurt so you know make money make money off this way all this inside insider trading as you want as you yeah. want to call it so the, the company's kind of trying to protect themselves they're not trying to. They're trying to. They're not trying to stop fighters from betting, as much as I say. They're trying to stop fighters from let making making it known that they're betting. And you know, if you keep it on the hush hush, hush hush, then it's not that big of a deal. It's not that. Big, I don't know that well, it's that big of a deal until to until there's a problem. Until there's a problem, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think mean, they're trying to. I think they're trying to get ahead of any problems. Like yeah, that. I think like the 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 thing that people got to keep in mind is you know as, as successful as James Krause has been. Um, the the um, the casinos and the betting the you know the gambling books and everything um, they make a lot of money, and the reason they make a lot of money is because they they set the lines so that they always win. So the fact is, is the more money you bet and the more often you bet, the more likely it is that you're going to lose. And the problem is, is what's going to happen is as these fighters, yeah, some of them are going to be successful. More of them are not going to be successful. It's just the law of averages. And then what that's going to do is it's going to open it up to where, you know, like some unscrupulous people might get involved and they might say, hey, you know what, you, you're in to us for 20 grand. Uh, we need you to throw this fight. And that's what that's another thing that UFC is trying to pretend, uh, prevent from happening. Because as you, as you can have a fighter, you know, place a bet, you know, uh, you know, under the table, offshore, whatever they want to do, you can also have unscrupulous people, you know, placing bets at, you know, 15 different books so that, it, you know, you don't see it. But eventually, all of a sudden, oh, now there's all this money in on so and so undercard fighter, you know, uh, to lose. That was a favorite. And then, you know, then you find out later, oh, yeah, you know what? He uh, he had to throw the fight because he owed so-and-so, you know, like 50 grand or something. And they don't want that to happen because if that happens, the whole sport's done. <laughs> like, you know, um, it's already on thin ice, you know, in some ways. Like, it's not – I shouldn't say it's on thin ice. But a lot of people are looking for a reason to discredit UFC. And uh, something like this would give them the ammunition they need. Exactly.
Yeah. Yeah, that's that's incredible. And and I'm I'm glad they're doing it. And I can't believe that somebody like basically comparing it to, you know, like, you know, like the women, you know, that have the only fans or, you know, guys doing their Twitch streams, you know, it's like, yeah, UFCs, you know, trying to hurt these people from making an income. I'm sorry, but for every person that's making an income to betting on fights, there's probably three of them that are losing money on it. So it's, uh, yeah, that's not what it's about. Ah, so that was fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we'll move from that into, uh, UFC on, uh, ESPN plus 70, which, uh, wasn't so fun. I don't know. I didn't, I wasn't a big fan of the show. I don't know about you, but, um, main event was kind of boring. Um, there were some, you know, decent fights on the undercard, I suppose, but I, this was more than any card this year. This one was like, just felt like a chore. I don't even know why, because there was finishes and stuff up and down the card, but it just felt like. I was watching like nothing. I don't know. I, I maybe it's maybe it's the Apex. I don't know. I think it's you. <laughs> okay. No. I mean, I'm not saying it was a bad card. Um, I just felt like none of these fights mattered. Like I don't, you know. I don't. But me, yeah, it could have been just me. Yeah. I mean, the main event was really the the only fight that mattered, and I, and I know, yeah. and I know your personal interest got hurt. Got hurt when the uh, probably the best fight on the card, the Askarov Brandon yeah. Royville fight, got canceled for weigh ins because Askarov was going to badly miss weight. He was going to miss weight so badly that he wouldn't even agree to a catch weight of like 127 or 128. Like, like yeah. that was that was how bad he was going to miss weight. So, so was... yeah, this this main event though, like I think it was like three minutes into the fight, I knew okay, this thing's going 25 minutes and Grass yeah. is winning. Like, that's, you know, like, and it's like, you're just watching, you know, every I mean, round. It's, you know, like, there's I mean, no I way Araji is going to beat her. I think I said on the show last week, this fight is going to go the, go the distance. It's just, I mean, that's just, yeah, that's typically how these women main events kind of just go. Now, it's, not yeah. a knock, it's not a knock on them, but, but these, the females for, you know, far more than the men, men, they're so close yeah. skill wise, skill wise at a certain level. I mean, the Nunezes, the Shevchenkos, the Waylees. I mean, I'd probably even throw Rose in there. They're probably they're at another level. But like you, you know, your Grossos and your Rajos, you know, number five and number six, they're at such an even level that it's very hard to see either one of them finishing each other. So, you know, it's going to be a twenty-five minutes, probably all on the feet. I mean, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was good, not great. It was kind of like you know, one of those middle of middle of the road kind of fights. A lot of a lot of a lot of stuff being landed. I mean, they yeah. combined for like almost like two hundred thirty significant strikes or something like that throughout. I mean, you know, they were landing a lot, and it was technically good. It just you knew it was going to the decision, and Crosso was just clearly ahead of her on the feet, just yeah, outclassed yeah. her on and the wait, feet. And did it even go to the ground? I don't remember. Uh, uh, got two takedowns. Okay. Takedown oh yeah, yeah, and and yeah, and, yeah, and, and Grasso just got right they, up. Both yeah, times. they uh, yeah. they had a combined uh, two hundred seventy nine significant strikes and almost you know, and close to almost three hundred fifty total strikes landed combined. So they, I mean, they landed a lot. So yeah, I just te- it's technically good, but it's just like you kind of knew it was just going to go the distance and. Grasso just outclassed Raju on the feet. Very good win for Grasso, four in a row. Probably should fight Shevchenko next, even though she says she wants another main event and another fight. You know, you know, I would try to take the title fight if I were her because you could, you're you're risking that. 
that, I think, you know, by fighting again. I think the door's open for uh, Manon Fierro. If she gets, yeah. uh, like, an impressive win uh, this yeah. week, then she, you know, she'll, she'll uh, fly past Grasso for the title shot because yeah. – yeah, I you know that's that's the only thing, and yeah, if, I mean if you just have a choice of okay, who's got the most impressive record? Yeah, it's probably Grasso. But yeah, just, um, uh, I yeah, yeah, I just uh, I yeah I I you know, and you're probably right. Like you know, I watched it late, and you know, I didn't know there's one fight that was spoiled for just randomly, but the rest of it was yeah, it was just kind of there. Um, you know the the uh, I you know the, yeah, there was like looking up and down this card, there was a lot of finishes, but. Uh, I uh yeah I don't I don't know I I don't I don't know if you want to talk about this co-main a little bit or not um, we can. yeah yeah I mean Martinez big win for him uh Cub Swanson just looked I think he finally age caught up with him maybe do you think maybe, maybe I mean he's he's lost a lot late and and it's always it's kind of been catching up to him a little bit he still has his flashes and he still looked good early yeah, yeah. on early on I mean Jonathan Martinez is severely underrated in my opinion my opinion i mean we're talking about a guy who's now won six of his last seven fights and is what like eight and three in the ufc yeah. at 135 that's an impressive record at 135 in the in ufc and he, he's got one loss since the pandemic started so so you know we're talking about a really good fighter here and uh just yeah i mean cups chin is gone and it was you know his up until he got dropped in the first it was pretty even you know yeah. so but uh but yeah he just never he just really took recovered those leg, that. those leg kicks and just, then uh, those yeah. leg kicks in the second round just did him in i mean the, i think you know as many as cub was taken of those and jonathan martinez kicks hard him and him and chris gutierrez i i really feel like this is going to be this was a preview of what frankie edgar's last fight's going to look like unfortunately in my yeah. opinion so, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, they're, uh, I mean, he's just, Martinez always, he's known for his leg kicks and he's known for just destroying the lead leg and he did it. I mean, and it was perfect. And it was a great show for him. And Swanson was the guy moving down from featherweight. And yet he looked like way smaller than Martinez. And the commentators even kind of pointed that out. Like just the modern MMA, like these fighters, I think it was Cruz talking about it. Like these fighters are so much bigger. You know, then, then, you know, like even five, 10 years ago, like a, a guy fighting at featherweight, you know, almost looks like a flyweight would have, you know, five years ago or 10 yeah. years ago. Like uh, they're just. Uh, yeah. After Dominic Cruz made so many mistakes, I don't really know what. Well, he did call Cub a ranked fighter several times. Yeah, well. And he hasn't uh, been ranked in years. He, he also, uh, he also he got, said Dallas, Dallas, Texas is at, is at elevation. Which, oh really? That's I news to that. me. That's I news to that. me. Considering yeah. I live live in DFW and I don't have to, I don't have trouble breathing whenever I walk out the doors. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's like sea level. It's but, like 300, uh, 370 feet above sea level. Okay. The uh, and and uh, speaking of Cruz, uh, Martinez called him out after the fight, and Cruz was just like. Uh, he, he didn't want to fight him. <laughs> I mean, he didn't say no, but I mean, it's like he, it's a very clear dominant Cruz. He's only got. One, two fights left, and he's gonna no. fight some. He's gonna fight a big name, and Jonathan Martinez. Yeah, sorry, I'm not gonna let yeah. you build my. I'm not gonna let you build your name up over me. I'd much rather fight, you know, Dillashaw again or something. Yeah, like or something. Yeah, something like that, or you know, bring bring up uh, 
Garbrandt. Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley yeah. or something. Oh, O'Malley. Yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. that's a good one. The loser of of O'Malley on would be a yeah. good fight for Cruz, actually. Um. Yeah. So yeah. I mean. <laughs> I mean, it would be a good name fight. I don't know if it'd be a good fight for Cruz, but what Yawn? No, I'm saying you said it'd be a good fight for Cruz. It'd be a good fight name wise for Cruz. I don't know if it is. Oh, it's not going to end well. No, no, no. I don't know that it'd be a good fight for Cruz. No, no. I mean, he's, yeah, he's not probably beating anyone in the top 10. Um, And, but that's the thing. So if he's going to fight someone in the top 10, then he probably doesn't want to fight Jonathan Martinez. He wants to at least make some money. Yeah, on his way exactly. out the door. Um, all right. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we got some stuff to choose from for our three stars. Um, I'm pretty sure I let you go first last time. So I'll, I'll go first this time. And uh, my first star is going to be Pete Rodriguez. Um, you know, he finished Mike Jackson uh, in the, uh, in the opener. And I mean, that was a bit of a joke fight, but Rodriguez, you know, he knocked that poor guy out cold and like he was sitting in a fetal, well, not a fetal position, but he was just like, I, sitting like knocked out on his ass like literally sitting up but asleep it was i, I don't he recall was, ever seeing i think he was i think he was like in like down on his knees and like like the position where you would be praying but yeah yeah like yeah on his knee on his knees and his, his body was up and he was just out cold right there like sleeping yeah yeah uh my second one is going to be uh joe anderson burrito uh uh fight Finished fellow Brazilian Lucas Alexander two minutes and two seconds in the first round. Got a sweet uh, rear naked choke. Uh, Brito looks really good. Uh, he's a guy from the uh, Contender Series. Lost his opener to Bill Algio, and he's you know he beat Andre Feely in his opener, and this one two straight uh, first round finishes. And uh, he's gonna he should get a big name next, or at least you know someone in that kind of twenty to thirty range in the featherweight rankings. And uh, yeah, he, he's a guy to keep an eye on. And uh, then yeah, I'll leave that guy for you. You know what? I'm going to go with uh, Jacob Malkoon. Um, he came in as an underdog against Nick Maximov, and he just dominated him. And like Maximov, I you know, he was a favorite, and uh, you know I just I, I think I don't know exactly what happened. Like his he 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 got injured. Like he was kind of walking funny at the end of the first round, and he did well to stay in there. But Malkoon, and I think Malkoon, it was funny because they asked him, why didn't you target the leg? And he's like, I don't really know how to do leg kicks. I thought that was, I, I got a kick out of that. Uh, he's like, I got to work on that. But uh, he completely dominated Maximoff. I think, I, did he, he might've got a 10-8 on, on one card. I'm not sure. No, but he got, it was 30-27 across. Was it 30-27? Okay. But yeah, just a great, best performance that he's had in the UFC. And that's a guy that, you know, I think before he came in, everyone was, you know, kind of pegging him as a future star. And maybe he's finally kind of on that track. So, uh, yeah, my three stars, uh, Malkoon and uh, Pete Rodriguez and Joe Anderson Brito. So okay. I'll let you go. All right. My first one is going to be Tetsuro Tyra. Uh, yeah. The 22-year-old flyweight guy who's going to be fighting for for title someday and just a uh, dominant win over cj vergara got him down controlled him on the ground so in in the first two rounds and armbar yeah he, he was looking for a choke on the back transitioned into armbar got vergara to tap out and uh it's uh two and in the ufc he, he feels like he's like three fights away from a title shot but he's i mean 22 years old him and oh. mohammed mokayev like those guys right there are going to be fighting for we're talking about, you know, we're talking about a flyweight title that's about to have a fourth, fourth fight between those, between Moreno and uh, Figueredo. Tyra and Mokayev could probably fight like 10 times at their age and their skill level. And they're just, I mean, 
yeah, flyweight's thriving. Uh, my second star, I'm going to go with Alonzo Minifield. That was just absolute violence over Misha Sirkinov and knocking Ugh. him out. That was just an absolutely brutal finish. Brutal finish, and you could kind of see it coming because Minifield was just hurting Sirkinov with punches, and then he landed a left and a right, perfect, and Sirkinov was out cold and just brutal and uh my third star i'm gonna go with rafael sunsal he was coming in uh having lost four in a row you know 40 years old thinking about retirement was fighting victor henry who who was only in his second ufc fight but had a lot of hype coming in because he had a really good ufc debut and a sunsal just i mean very clear win looked great i mean 30 27 across the board clearly won all three round three round i mean i won't say clearly i thought the first round was close i had a 29 28 for sunset but he looked i mean better than he has in years in mm-hmm. years and just uh you know like he didn't look like a guy who was ready to retire he talked about how he moved to vegas his training extreme couture kind of felt rejuvenated and and yeah, you know, maybe he's got a couple more years left in him, but I thought he had a really strong showing there. That might be the fight for Martinez next. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um the he uh he did say that he, you know, he feels like he maybe only has one or two fights left, but he's not quite ready to retire. So yeah. Yeah, that's that yeah, he uh I, I might have picked him, but he we were talking about betting earlier. He completely fucked up a parlay for me. Um, <laughs> I had Victor Henry on like a five, four fight parlay, and uh, and then I also bet him straight up, and I lost both those fights. So I uh, I, I had I I had like two hundred twenty five. So, so Sunset has heat with you right now. Nah, whatever. It was a nice fight. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the fight, but um, so I had uh, bet I had put nine twenty five dollar bets down. So it was like two hundred twenty five dollars I bet on this card. And uh, so when when it was over, like sometimes I don't even remember who I bet on, right? So I'll I'll go and I'll check the results when the card's over, and I I had one hundred and seven dollars left, <laughs> so I I didn't do good, but uh, I I um, I flipped over to the baseball game and the Dodgers were beating the Padres two nothing in like the bottom of the fifth, and so I just threw the one hundred seven dollars on the Padres at like plus 265 and uh yeah woke up the next morning and i, I had like 390 dollars. so it's all good yeah. <laughs> um yeah speaking, I, uh, speaking of baseball even the you know these fight, this fight card had 11 fights on this on the show i know i short, saw your tweet and it was shorter than the seattle houston astros 18 in any game i re- i remember i was like i had the game on on another TV, uh, on another TV in my house, so that I, oh, I could keep an eye on it. And the first pitch of the game started before the before the opener, which was Rodriguez and Jackson. And then the game was the game was still going on for almost an hour after the after the main event ended. Just crazy. and that's a, and that's with a lot of downtime. Yeah, because I watched so I watched the show. Um, I started watching, and they were they were going into the bottom of the ninth when I started watching and. I, the show I finished watching about uh, maybe a half an hour after the game ended. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, yeah it, uh, it, it, yeah, the baseball is, uh, yeah, it sometimes can be pretty long. But yeah, I was, I was happy when I, because I watched a bit of the game and then I went to bed and uh, woke up and found out the, uh, the my my Padres had won my Padres I don't I don't give a shit I was just <laughs> I just figured they're at home and you know what I, I like the odds and uh yeah sure enough the uh, Dodgers are out my Jeff Hawkins who I record the Dynamite show with tomorrow uh 
for the special live episode we're doing um, on on this on the YouTube channel is uh, he's he, he's not gonna be happy because he's a big Dodgers fan. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get off in a baseball tangent in in a bit. Yeah, but, but I mean, I don't I don't know that I'm a fan of these expanded playoffs just because no our two our two NLCS teams one finished 14 games games back in the division and the other the Padres finished 22 games back yep. in the division like like i mean anybody can get hot and win a three game series or a five game five game series it's just i don't know that the best teams are being represented but well if the indians win tonight and as we're recording i think the i don't know the, the, the game, game started got postponed. Yet. Game oh game got, got postponed okay yeah that's good for raw um the um the i don't know like if the indians win then three of the four guardians uh, or the guards sorry the guardians i know i still call the indians three of the four teams that were road teams in the wild card are going to be in the in the championship series and that's that is not you know and i mean i'm still hurting over the blue jays but they blew that one nfl sunday ticket is now on youtube and youtube tv which means that it just got easier to be an nfl fan even if you live far away Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But anyways, uh, watch, take us through the, uh, the the rest of this card. We've talked about most of the fights, but yeah, uh, it started off with the uh, with P. Rodriguez uh, defeating Mike Jackson, uh, uh, one minute thirty three seconds, and then then uh, yeah, Sayonara Mike Jackson. He's a good guy, but you know he was there as a favorite. You know his tenure lasted way too long, and you know this has to be the end of it. Uh, yeah. Then we had uh, Tetsuo Tyra submitting CJ Vergara, second round armbar, four minutes, 19 seconds. Beautiful performance from Tyra. Vergara missed weight. It's the second time in three UFC fights he's missed a flyweight. So if he gets another shot, we'll probably see him at Panama weight. Then we had a women's strawweight fight. Uh, Pierre Rodriguez defeated Sam Hughes, unanimous, unanimous decision. 29-28 across the board. I thought this was kind of like a, a close fight. I had it Rodriguez 29-28 as well. I gave her the first two rounds, but uh, Hughes, uh, Hughes did good. It was a good fight. I'll just leave it at that. I think we had uh, Joe Anderson Brito submitting Lucas Alexander two minutes, two seconds. I mean, I know Alexander took this fight on a week's notice, but Brito couldn't have looked any better. Just got the back, got the back and kept picking them up, slamming them down. They get up. Wash wins repeat, and then finally got the rear naked choke, and just absolutely beautiful showing from Brito. Then we had a middleweight fight: Jacob Malkoon, thirty twenty seven across the board over Nick Maximoff. I will say, I do, I do think Malkoon could have taken advantage of the injury, and and I know he said after the fight that he was trying just to not lose, yeah. not lose, which yeah, it makes sense as you're kind of building confidence. But uh, you know, I do think he. Should go back and look at the drawing board, look at the fight, and say, like, you know what? If I see a fighter 
injured like that, I need to take better advantage of it because I thought he could have finished Maximov, but uh, still a good showing for him. Uh, then we had Bantamweight fight. Mano Martinez, a split decision over Brandon Davis, 229-28 scorecards for him, 129-28 for Davis. Thought that was a really good fight. Uh, Martinez tried to get the fight away in the second round. He was started off the second round. He won the first, started off the second round really good, and then he started you know, slowing down and kind of – I don't want to say he was getting cocky, but he was getting cough, overconfident that he was winning the fight. And then he allowed Davis to get back into the fight in the second round until the very end, which uh, which uh, Martinez dropped Davis at the, twice at the end of the second round, which I thought stole the round and ultimately won in the fight because Davis won the won the third round for sure. Uh, then on to the main card, Alonzo uh, Minifield knocking out Misha Sirkinov in a minute 28. It's absolutely brutal, and Minifield kind of – cut this post-fight promo that oh. Paul Felder was also was acting like he was kind of like afraid to talk to Minifield, kind of almost like he was a serial killer kind of deal. That was bad. That was, yeah, it was not a good promo. It was like Rory McDonald. Yeah, but it was <laughs> kind of weird, but I mean, but Minifield looked great. Yeah. Then we had Rafael Sunsal, 30-27 across the board over Victory Henry. Talked about that. Sunsal looked rejuvenated and really good. Uh, then we had a crazy middleweight fight. Disco Todorovic finished Jordan Wright in the second round. Uh, Wright took Todorovic down several times in the first. He looked to gas himself out trying to finish. And Todorovic just had an absolute dominant second round. He was just battering Jordan Wright all over the place. I personally thought the stoppage was kind of late. Mm-hmm. Late, I thought it could have been. Uh, it could have been stopped probably a good 30 seconds earlier. Then I looked who the referee was. It was Kerry Hatley, <laughs> so it made sense. But uh, <laughs> but hey, you get these Texas judges down down in Nevada. You were going to see some stuff like that with from Hatley. Then we had uh, Jonathan Martinez uh, finishing Cub Swanson in the second round in the co-main, and then the main event, like Sagrasso, unanimous decision over Vivian Arroju. Uh A couple things. Uh, I think uh, I thought I, th- I I know you used to do on your column on. Uh, fight game media when when it was a thing uh you would have like who what's next like who's who's on the cut line and i i think if it was me sam hughes brandon davis misha sirkinoff definitely misha sirkinoff um and maybe even jordan wright um yeah i think sirkinoff and Ryder gone uh davis might get another another fight another fight yeah same with hughes you you know they they like they don't they like straw weights, so yeah, yeah, that's true. They always, well, I was gonna say they always have good fights. They don't have good fights. Oh, and and Mike Jackson, of course, you mentioned. Right. Right. Uh, but yeah, right. Uh, they, it was funny because they said uh, the longest fight that he'd had before this was like five minutes and twenty eight seconds, and at the point where they said this is now the longest fight of his career, like that's where he was getting pounded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like he, he's done. <laughs> like yeah, I think he went. It went a total of eight minutes and twelve seconds, and that last three minutes was was not pretty for. Jordan Wright, even though he's a pretty guy, um, the uh, the the uh, head the um, the bonuses went to uh, Wright and uh, Tudorovich for the you know fifty thousand dollars. So if for the fight of the night, so if he uh, if he is done, at least he, he gets a nice payday on the way out. And Jonathan Martinez and Tetsuro Tyra for uh, performance bonuses. So yeah, good one. It's funny. Uh, a lot of times if the main event goes five rounds, it almost always gets the fight of the night. And the fact that this one didn't kind of reaffirms that my, yeah. my opinion that it wasn't a great fight. I, th- I, th- I thought right. Todorovic was the best fight. Overall. Yeah. Oh, definitely. 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 Yeah. It would have been a travesty for that one not to win. 
Um, before we do the um, the UFC 280 preview, because I think that's a bigger deal, and I want to want to give it a little bit of time. We can quickly mention that Friday, uh, we we brought this up a couple weeks ago, but uh, one is having their third show on Amazon Prime, and uh, why no fight you're really looking forward to? Uh, John Lineker uh, is fighting for the. Uh, it's really the bantamweight champion, but they call it the featherweight championship against Fabricio de Andrade. Um, that should be uh, should be a fun fight. Um, nobody else really on the card, so if you're uh, if you're looking to check that out, just check out the main event. But um, that reminds, yeah, that reminds me, I need to find my John Lineker, you know, the uh, the guy defying John Lineker thing that I have. Oh yeah, he's uh, <laughs> is John Lineker running pressing forward? Yes. It says yes. Run away. It says no. Does he look mad? Yes. Run away. Like it's some stuff like stupid, crazy stuff like that. Just one of those kind of flow charts. Mean. He is the uh, he is the champion going in. He won the fight. Uh, he won the title from Bibiano Fernandez uh, earlier this year, and he's won actually uh, four straight fights and won the last three by finish. So he's doing pretty well there. And that that promotion and the rules they have are like perfect for him. And I remember like yeah. just being so excited when he got signed. Uh, and I haven't actually seen any of his fights yet. So I, I definitely will be watching this one. Um, and yeah, so that's Friday and uh, airing at, uh, you know, I guess it's probably 8 p.m. On, on tape delay, but 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central on uh, Prime. And, you know, it's available on demand for the rest of the weekend and probably, you know, still the last show would be available. Um, and uh, yeah, so that brings us to uh, the big show this weekend, UFC 280. Uh, depending on where you are, it's going to be in the morning or early afternoon. Um, the the main card gets underway, I believe, at one Eastern, two, uh, Eastern. two Eastern, so one Central. the The prelims start at ten a.m. Eastern, nine Central, seven on the west, seven a.m. on the West Coast. Uh, but uh, you know that's for the uh, folks over in Abu Dhabi who pay UFC a lot of money to to uh, put the shows on at the Etihad Arena. And uh, the top three fights are like great and then there's top four are yeah 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 you're right you're right but uh darius and and then the rest of the card is just kind of there uh, uh i mean there's some i mean there's some good fighters you know definitely yeah. some awesome prospects I'll and stuff i'll definitely be getting into them on three fights to watch so yeah 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 no i mean it's uh yeah and i did i actually did my homework on this one the the ufc yeah. roi um yeah i mean actually there's a really good fight on the prelims that i'm looking at too actually actually yeah this is a pretty good card um, I don't know what, you know, I think it was just kind of as I was going through it and at the start, it's like, ugh. and then it just got kind of more excited, more excited as I'm going through and, uh, you know, just kind of reviewing all their past histories and everything. But the, uh, the main event, uh, there's two title fights on the card. They're both, uh, pretty awesome in my opinion, uh, light, uh, vacant lightweight championship technically, cause Oliveira missed weight in his last fight. So he was stripped of the title and, uh, of course he, he won. Uh, and then now he's uh, he's going for the beat Justin Gaethje, and and now he's getting Islam Makachev, the guy nobody wanted wanted to fight, who has probably two years ago earned a title shot, and he's finally getting one now, and uh, it's for the vacant title. And uh, this I this is going to be incredible fight, I think, because these two guys like it's the perfect matchup. You know, you got the wrestler against the submission guy. I think Oliveira is probably a little bit better on the feet. But I, I think people don't really think about Makachev striking, but it's it's pretty good too. And uh, I'm yeah, this is this is a crazy fight. Yeah, it's uh, 
it's good. I worry about Makachev because, yeah, impressive win streak. Everybody think he's, thinks he's going to be champion. But looking at his win streak, I mean, what's his most impressive win? Armin Sarukian or Dan Hooker? I mean, he hasn't fought any of the top 10 guys there. No. In there. And uh, whereas Oliveira, I mean, just look at it. Look at who he's fought over over his career and who he's beaten beaten in the last I mean, since twenty twenty one since the start of twenty twenty one, he's got three wins. Michael Chandler, Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje, finishing all of them. Like, and and you looked at the odds? And he's the underdog. Yeah, like by, I'm, by I'm a pretty wide margin. I'm amazed at that. And I'm I'm like, definitely putting some money on Oliveira. It's like Charles Oliveira is a bona fide UFC Hall of Famer. And I can't say the same for Islam Makachev yeah. right now. But Oliveira, like like every record in the book, his name is right next to it, pretty much. Yeah. Like like you know, he's just you could I mean, I mean you could have said the same thing about Khabib <laughs> um, you know, before he started getting like main event fights, you know. That you know the, his and people did say it. You know that his wins weren't that impressive um, in terms of like who he beat. Not not necessarily that the wins weren't impressive, but that you know he was going to decisions. But then as soon as the competition picked up, so did his performances pick up, and he looked better against the top guys than he looked in some cases against the undercard. You yeah. know the the lower guys. So I mean that's the thing. So we just think it's a, it's a big question mark. And yeah, I think, you know, and he's, he's coached by Khabib, right? Yeah. Makachev, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing. Like, and I think like, you know, that that's maybe why he's a favorite or it could just be that all that money that we talked about that moves these lines. Um, it's all going on Makachev. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I mean, that's the I, as good as Makachev has looked. I have a hard time picking against Charles Oliveira. Yeah, yeah, me too. He's just he's he's incredible. He might he might be the most exciting fighter in the UFC right now. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, I mean he's what when you mentioned the records, I mean, I think he's got the most performance bonuses of anyone in history. Um he's you know, he's gonna end up as, you know, like the maybe the most wins. Like I mean, because you remember he started when he was like twenty one. Yeah, he's um, thirty three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, UFC on versus uh, was his first win, you know, against Darren Elkins. Yeah, they're both still at, kicking around. I remember being at his at his second UFC fight. It was a uh, down in Austin against Efren Escudero fight. He took on short notice, and he just yeah. dominated Escudero and submitted him. And he went. He was fourteen and zero at the at that point. And I was like, I just remember sitting there watching, but like that dude's going to be a champion someday. <laughs> took a lot well, longer. It took a lot longer than. Than most people thought, you know, we, we talked about the story of Charles Oliver a lot, but I mean, that guy, he's fantastic. 10 years ago in, uh, almost exactly 10, well, no, like little, little over a month, over 10 years ago, but, um, he, he got knocked out by Cub Swanson and, and look at where they are now. Cub Swanson is on his way out the door and Oliver is getting stronger every fight. It's it's quite amazing actually, and they're not really that far apart in age either. But it's just Oliveira's, he's he's just awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. And then the the co-main another title fight for the bantamweight title, Aljamain Sterling defending against T.J. Dillashaw. Um, and it's another one where you know the um, you know, Dillashaw is is a underdog. Uh, Sterling's a favorite to retain, but Dillashaw has pulled off upsets in the past. And, uh, you know, and, and Sterling is a guy that I think people have kind of always overlooked. They, 
kind of thought he won the title on a fluke. Well, he did. And then they figured he was going to lose to Peter Yan in the, uh, in the rematch and he didn't. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, here it is like, this is the fight that Dillshaw obviously wanted. And there's some big names coming up. If Dillshaw wins, he's going to want to defend against, but, um, and probably Aldo would have been one of them, but unfortunately that's not, probably not going to happen now. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I, I don't even like, I, I'm definitely looking forward to the Oliver fight more, but if this fight was the headliner of the card, I, I don't think I'd be terribly upset. Yeah. Very, uh, interesting fight. I mean, Dillshaw hasn't fought since, uh, July of last year towards ACL, uh, yeah. in that close fight with Corey Sanhagen. So he's returning from that. I mean, the, and, and in fact, the Sanhagen fight is the only fight he's had since January of 2019. So, so really, like, it's almost like one fight in four years. Yeah, almost. yeah. yeah. And, and a lot of people thought Sanhagen won that fight. So yep. you can, so, I mean, this is, they were very clearly trying to rush Dillashaw back into getting the title, which getting getting the title shot sends a bad message when a guy, you know, can get stripped of a title for failing PEDs and, and they just want to put him right back in a title fight. Like it doesn't matter. But, uh, and this is a very important fight for Aljamain Sterling. Cause I still think there's question, there's questions about him at, even after beating you on the second time, but because the fight was so close, this is Sterling's chance to solidify that he's the best bantamweight weight in the world, in the world. And, uh, so I think there's a lot riding on the line for uh, both guys. I, if Dillashaw loses this, I could see him being done. Maybe, yeah. You know, he's 36, and and there's also a lot of heat going on between the two because Aljamain's been taking pictures of or looking at pictures of Dillashaw and claiming, you know, he might be back on stuff again. <laughs> so there's all that going on, and and of course there's these crazy fans trying to help Sterling prove. That is true, but uh, so just I mean, this is I don't know that uh, I don't know how this fight's gonna go. Uh, yeah, I want to pick Sterling, but it's a real toss-up in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I mean I think for me, like I'm glad we don't do like picks anymore. So I just kind of bet where the money's going, and I kind of like Delshaw as an underdog, and we'll get into it in our in the ROI later. But uh, the um, I'm uh, I, I just I'm just gonna enjoy the fight, and so either way, I think if I bet on one guy and then the other guy wins, I'm happy either way because I'm I know I'm gonna get a good fight. So, um, and then we mentioned Peter Yan. Uh, he's also uh, third from the top. Uh, the, the featured fight against Sean O'Malley. And for the first time in his career, uh, Sean O'Malley is an underdog here, and probably rightfully so. This is a big step up in competition for O'Malley, a guy that you, you know, you've been uh, kind of on the O'Malley train all along. Yeah, I mean, and now all these people who've been criticizing him for him and the matchmakers for giving him the easy road. Now he's probably on the toughest fight that you're going to get at 135 right now. So they're. There's no question. There could be no questions about yeah. his, about how they're booking him anymore. Like this is, and if he wins this fight, I am about ninety five percent sure he gets a title fight next. Even though he's coming off that no contest with Pedro Munoz, but uh, yeah, this is a big fight for both, and it's going to kind of show Peter people, you know, what Jan where Jan is because mm -hmm. a lot of people thought he was the best bandwagon in the world. And 
you know, the two fights with Sterling were disappointing. And the win over Sanhagen when he won the interim title, it was good. But Sanhagen gave him a tough fight. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and O'Malley's young, athletic, and just uh, rangy with his kicks and everything. And uh, let me see. Let's see. Reach. O'Malley's going to have that five-inch reach advantage. I mean, that's that's big. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, uh, it's gonna uh, Jan's gonna have to get inside that distance and use his. And Jan speed. is, uh, if I'm unless I'm remembering wrong, he's a bit of a slow starter, isn't he? Yes, and it's only three yeah. rounds. Three rounds. Yeah, so. so that that could be a factor as well. Uh, exactly. So yeah, this is to me. This might be the most interesting fight on the card overall. Yeah, and and I mean, I think no matter what, well, I think in most scenarios, the two winners of these two fights are going to end up fighting next for the title. The only exception might be is if Jan and Sterling both win, then I think maybe, you know, they go with a different, maybe Sanhagen or somebody else, but I don't think you'd want to do Sterling and Jan a third time, at least not right away. Probably not. Yeah. Um, And then, uh, and then I mentioned it earlier. And and when I said the top three fights, um, obviously the fourth one, is and really, I think the fi- the fifth best fight on this card is in the prelims because I, you know, I mean, the five way fight is fine, but um, Darius and uh, Benil Darius fighting for the first time in what over two years, I think, right? Uh, against Mateus Gamrot, um, first time since May, May of last year, yeah, or May of last year. Okay, I'm sorry, I don't know what I, what I was thinking, um, but yeah, it's and both guys are on you know pretty big win streaks. Um, and this is another one like, oh, you know who I, was, I think I was thinking of that hadn't fought since, uh, in two years was Muhammad who's fighting later in the card. Uh, oh no, no, he fought earlier this year. I don't know what I was thinking. Anyways. Um, yeah, Muhammad and Sean Brady, who's undefeated. Uh, so biggest fight for Brady, um, in we'll his career. I'll get into that in a bit. So what? Back to, back to, back to Darius and Gamble. Oh, Darius. Sorry, my bad. Uh, yeah, Darius and Gamrot are both on uh, long, long wins, long win streaks. Well, four, four wins in a row for um, for Gamrot, but he had that split decision to uh, Goram Kudaladze. Um, this one uh, again is, you know, it's a fight neither guy can afford to lose. Um, and Darius is somebody that's kind of like on the fringe of getting into that title mix. But with all those big names at lightweight, it's so tough to crack. But if he was to get an impressive win here over Gamrod, I think you got to give him one of those big names. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, I, uh, what do you, what do you got to say about this fight? Uh, I'm very high on Gamro. I mean, that's how I think that's how you actually say it. Say it. Uh, okay. But uh, yeah, it, his loss to Kudalaze his only his only loss in his career and and it was a split decision a split decision and his his four wins since have been really good he's got three finishes finished Scott Holston finished Jeremy Stevens finished Carlos Ferreira for a decision over Armin Sarukian I mean good wins Darius I mean he hasn't fought in a while but uh He's looked really good in, over the last, you know, several years. Uh, he, I think, he needs to finish Gamro to to uh, get to get a title shot because even with like a decision win, it's kind of looking like uh, Volkanovski is next in line according to Dana White. So, wow. so Darius, go out there, get that finish. Say you want a title even, shot. Even if he does get a get a finish, like it's going to be tough. 
just with so many big names, you know, like you got Gaethje and you got Chandler and, you know, Connor, if he decides he wants to fight for the title, yeah. um, you know, Oliver Makachev, like it's yeah. just so loaded. Yeah. Eight wins, eight wins in a row. Lightweight though. Yeah. No, no, I know. Tough. Like I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. No, like that's just, very tough. Yeah. It's very tough. But yeah. at the same time, Makachev had 10 in a row and there was a lot of people saying he needed another one because he doesn't have yeah. the big names. But uh, this is. Yeah, they need the big names and they also need the impressive finishes. So yeah. I, I think it's a combination of both. Both, yeah. Uh, the other fight on the main card is, you know, not really much to say about it, a women's flyweight fight. I mean, it's a big fight in the division. Caitlin Chikagian and Manon Fidro. Um, Fidro is, I think, got a four fight win streak. So if she gets a win, and like I said earlier, if she finishes. Chikagian, which is not easy to do. Um, I said four fights in a row. That's that's actually not true at all. She's well, like, four four in the UFC. Yeah, nine UFC nine career. in a row overall. She doesn't. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, she's she's looked real good. Um, and uh, if she was to get a win here, I think you know if she finishes Chikagian, which um, not you know hardly has anybody ever done it. I'm just yeah, oh no, I mean, yeah, just Andrade and Valentina, um, both did, but. You know, that doesn't happen very often. It's usually a decision fight with Shikagian, and uh, she's had her title shots, and she's basically a gatekeeper um, at this point. And, yeah, so f- this fight's there for Firo to hopefully win. This was originally supposed to happen in France, right? But uh, they pushed it back to kind of bolster this card a little. Yeah, yeah, which is – yeah, I guess they – you know, in a retrospect, that France card was pretty damn good. So Yeah, um, and, and Shikagian was going to take it on short notice, so this gave her kind of a full camp. Yeah, and it's – too bad for just guy who flew all the way there to challenge the winner. Lauren Murphy. <laughs> Lauren Murphy. I always get those two mixed up. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, you know, so that's the main maybe, card. Maybe she'll fly to Abu Dhabi. There you go. Thing. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I would. Uh, it's a nice, nice place. Abu Dhabi's um, a lovely place. Yeah. It is. All right. So take us through this, uh, the rest of this card, which again, the, the featured prelim, which I'll let you gush about, yeah. I think is, yeah. is belongs on the main card. But. Yeah. My three fights to watch. Oh, so, well, your three uh, fights to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. So, and then I'll do the ROI picks. Yeah. So uh, number one is the featured prelim, Bala Muhammad and Sean Brady. This yeah. fight could be a headliner on any of these apex shows, like very easily, very easily. We have Muhammad who hasn't, whose unbeaten streak is at eight. His only blemish there is at no contest with Leon Edwards. He's lost one fight since since November 2016. So he's lost one fight in six years, and that was to Jeff Neal, a decision. And coming off a big win over Vicente Luque, Sean Brady, undefeated, 15-0, and 0. Uh, hasn't fought in almost a year, So, but, uh, very, but coming off a... Excellent showing over Michael Chiesa, and a lot of people think this guy is the future champion. Uh, I don't know that the winner of this fight will get a title shot shot next, but should be very close to getting it next. So this is a, like I said, it's a fight that could have headlined a fight night card easily. So big fight, big fight there. My second fight to watch, uh, I got to go with it, a flyweight fight, just mainly yeah. because of who's in it, Muhammad Mokhaev, Uh He's fighting Malcolm Gordon. You know, I know, I know you're a Malcolm Gordon fan because Canadian. There's not a lot of uh, like, like Makai have a lot. There's only like there's <laughs> only like 15 Canadians left on the yeah. UFC roster. He's won two in a row, but uh, this, I'm sorry, Mokayev is gonna slaughter him. I, so, I I'm not that big of a Malcolm Gordon fan. I'll be honest with you. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If this fight if this fight goes past the first round, I'll be shocked, and I'll give yeah. Gordon credit if it goes past the first round. But Mokayev. 
21 years old. We know, we know like this guy is being pegged as the future of the flyweight division. I think this is going to be another, another big win for him. And the third one, uh, there's a few good fights. I mean, there's a lightweight fight, Mogomed Musafayev against uh, Yamoto Nishikawa. Nishikawa is making his debut, but he's 19 years old. He's the second. If it wasn't for for uh, Rojas, who's now 18 after being signed at 17, uh, Nishikawa would be the youngest fighter on the on the roster. But my third fight to watch, I'm going to go with some light heavyweight veterans, Volkan Ozdemir and Nikita Krylov. They're both coming off of wins on that uh, on that July London card. Uh, Ozdemir decision over Paul Craig while Krylov knocked out Alexander Gustafson. Uh, it's uh, you know, these guys are gatekeepers at light heavyweight, but uh, a win here, you know, could you know, could put put either one back in the mix, so it's kind of a big fight at 205. So, <laughs> you mentioned Yamato Nishikawa was 19 years old, which I when I was doing my research, I didn't like I didn't look at the ages and I just assumed this guy was like 40. Because he's got a twenty-one, three and six record yeah, at 19, nineteen years old. I didn't even. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I know when it. Like, I didn't look at his age when I was doing all my stuff, all my you know setups for the show, setups for the show. You know, with the record, with the records yeah. and, and all that, the win streaks. You know, the you know people who are on the F4W board, my little my little post, yeah. and I didn't I didn't look at the age, and I just saw that man. This guy's got thirty career fights, and then. And then when they were showing the UFC on the UFC from this past week, because they were talking about, I think Tyra being 22 and they had the list of the youngest fighters. And I saw his name there, 19. I got like, that kid's 19 and he's got 30 fights. Well, (laughs) and not only that, like he's, he's won 14 in a row and his first fight was in March, 2016. So he was three, 13, 15, 15. No, 13. Four, 13. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 13 years old, and he was fighting pro and getting finishes. Like, what are they doing in Japan? <laughs> I'm just, now I'm starting to wonder if he's actually 19. Well, I, yeah. Like, you know, I don't know. Um, but I mean, know, we've, we, we, we've seen these baseball players who, yeah, who come in and yeah. they're like, they're like 22 and, and then by the time they hit 30, all of a sudden they're 37. Yeah. So we have to, we'll have to check on that. We'll, we'll wait and see what they say on the, uh, on the broadcast, but that, that just baffled me. Um, but yeah, he, uh, and 14 fight win streak. So we'll see. I mean, you, we don't know what kind of competition, you know, he was facing over there. So, um, looking at his picture, I go like, he, could, uh, he looks he look, like he could be 19, but I mean, who yeah, knows? He also looks like he could be about 24. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, all right. So my three ROI picks are actually all, you know, kind of main card fights. I mean, well, the, the, the one should be on the main card. First one, and they'll just go in order of their highest ROI. TJ Dillashaw is actually 99.9% ROI in his last 10 fights. Um, he's a plus 145 underdog and he's never lost as an underdog. He's three and oh, when it, when he's been a UFC underdog. So, um, that is, uh, that's my, um, my first one. And then my second one is Charles Oliveira, 69.8% ROI plus 155 underdog. He's also three and oh, as an underdog in his last 10 fights, which stands to reason since he hasn't lost at all. Um, and the third one is Sean Brady, uh, 52.5% ROI. He's a favorite minus 140, and he's never lost as a favorite. 
So um, basically the three picks have never lost when they've been the either, you know, whatever they are, favorite or underdog. So uh, Sean Brady, TJ Dillashaw, and Charles Oliveira are my three ROI picks. And uh, I'll let you uh, run down the rest of the card, which is uh, 14 fights. Yeah, 14 fights starts at, as we said, 10 a.m. Uh, everything on ESPN Plus, of course, main cards pay-per-view, but uh, all the prelims will also be on ESPN News for those okay. who have that station. But, uh, but yeah, it kicks off with a women's bantamweight fight between ranked opponents. We have uh, Carol Rosa against Lena Landsberg. Then we have the flyweight fight, Mohamed Mokayev against Malcolm Gordon. We have a middleweight fight, Armin Petrosian taking on A.J. Dobson. Welterweight fight, Abu Bakar Nurmagomedov against Gazi Omar Gaziev. Uh, lightweight fight, Magomed Mustafaev against Yamato Nishikawa. Uh, featherweight fight, Zubera Tukugov against Lucas Almeida. Then we have a light heavyweight fight, uh, Volkan Ozdemir against Nikita Kralov. We have a solid middleweight fight, Mahmoud Muradov against Kyle Borallo. And then the prelims get capped off by Bilal Muhammad against Sean Brady in a welterweight fight. And our main card, which we all went over, but Chikagian Firo, uh, then Darius Gamro, bantamweight fight, Jan and O'Malley. Then the two title fights, Sterling and Dillashaw for Sterling's bantamweight title. And then Oliver and Makachev for the vacant lightweight title. Yeah, it's gonna be a hell of a card. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, I will. I have no problem plucking down the uh, whatever it is, sixty bucks. I think it is in Canada right now to get this pay per view. Looking forward to it. And I love the uh, the early start. Actually, um, I can hopefully get this in before I take my daughter to swimming at uh, four thirty. So, uh, all right. So that is that, and uh, we will next move into uh, so a new segment. Um, what is this? Oh, question of the week. Yeah. So uh, is it you asking me or am I asking you? Well, it's just a general question that we'll both answer. Okay. All right. Some weeks I'll come up with the question. Some weeks Paul will come up with the question. Other weeks we'll reach out to listeners, friends, family, people we know who, you know, have just an interesting question about MMA that they'd like to have answered. Yeah. So could, the be, fir- could be historical stuff, could be just bullshit or could be current news stuff which is kind of where i went with my question this week okay so uh give us the question okay the question this week uh justin gaethje did an interview this week uh said he's targeting an early return in 2013 feels he's uh two or three wins from another title shot if you're the matchmaker who are you booking his return fight against so you're asking me and so i'm asking you you first yes all right I would say I would put him against the loser of the main event of this show, okay. Oliver and Makachev. Okay. You would go, I mean, granted, his last fight was against Oliveira, so you would do, yeah. the, rema- do the rematch? Yeah, yeah I do the rematch because if, if Yeshi can win, then Daniel, you can give him a title shot. Okay. Um, and and if, if Oliveira wins, then, you know, maybe you, you do the rematch. Yeah. Okay. That's a good answer. Uh, me, I'm, uh, I'm thinking Rafael Fiziev. I think that would be a solid main event for for a show. You know, you could main event it as a, on a fight night card, especially one that you one that you're looking at putting in an arena here in the US. So that would be a good one and it it'd be it'd be a big it'd be a win where it would be a fight where if Fiziev wins, you could legit make a strong case for a title shot for him. And for Gaethje, it, it would be knocking off a very tough contender who a lot of fighters don't want to fight, and it would. That's actually a 
a pretty big name right now to beat if I'm if you're KG. So that's what I that's how I that's what I would book. Yeah, I you know I, I don't think you can go wrong there. And I looked at that name and I just kind of I think in the back of my mind I was just thinking, is he a big enough name? Yeah. Um, but uh, you know the I like the case that you brought forward. Um, you know, and and I you know the name that kind of really like kind of stood out to me was Connor. But uh, you know, I I you know I think I think Ferguson's a fight to make for Connor if uh, yeah, when he when he comes back. If, yeah, there's there's really only two ways for me for me on Connor whenever he's done filming Roadhouse. Yeah. And what is Ferguson one of them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other one we'll get into in a minute. All right, cool. Okay, so yeah, I like that. And uh, yeah, so we'll uh, yeah keep an eye on our Twitters and uh, Facebook. If you're in the Facebook group, uh, we'll at some point down the road we'll ask you guys for a question because we actually had a segment we did on my other show uh, where we took a, a question from a listener and that led into a really interesting topic that we talked about. So I, I kind of like to hear what uh, what the listeners have to say. Um, all right, so we can get into the news. And uh, so to start off, and, and we did talk about this a little bit last week, but I think we have a little bit more info at, at this point now. Um, UFC 282 is maybe looking like it's coming together. Yeah, I mean, talked about it last week, and then Ariel kind of stole my thunder by talking <laughs> about it, even though I've been on, on top of I've been on top of the John Jones. For all those uh, frequent listeners of the of the podcast and there's some of y'all and uh and uh you know i've been on top of john jones story about when he's going to return and you know it's been it's been it's felt like every month for for a while but uh ufc 282 in december has been the target date it is still the target date they did announce yuri prochaska defending against glover Teixeira, the light heavyweight title that's official for that card but they also did not say that that was the main event could be the main event but they're not committing to that as the main event right now, which is the door is still left open for John Jones. Jones is training and wants to fight on that card. Uh, they wanted, as Ariel was saying, uh, they wanted the plan. They were hoping to Ganu, but he's not, he's not fully recovered and he still has to come to terms on a new contract contract. And so, like I've been saying the entire time, the hope was to do an interim title fight with Stipe Miosic and I and as I've been saying, Stipe's been the holdup. I don't know if they've actually I don't know the deal if it's actually Stipe delaying it or UFC, you know, not necessarily offering it a firm date or whatnot. But uh but Miosic and Jones has been the plan since July. So I don't you know, and they tried to make it several times, so so uh if it doesn't happen in December, I mean, we're looking at at March before John Jones will fight again. And so, then at that point, they might just go to Francis. And at that point, it's probably it'll probably be Francis. So yeah. if Stipe wants the Jones fight and wants a interim title fight because that's his only path to getting another title shot at this moment, he you know he needs to be calling UFC and being like, I want to do it in December. And we're like eight weeks away now, so yeah, that fight's clock, pretty much got to get made in the next like the, week. The maybe clock two. is the clock yeah. is ticking. It's pretty much. A, I feel like it has to be done and announced this week, or yeah. else it's not happening. Yeah, um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, sorry, LA Knight. Um, all right. Uh, next up, uh, we we brought up last week that uh, UFC uh, was going to be returning to Australia in February. Well, they're also going to be returning to South Korea. And I assume that these shows are are back to back 
I mean, that would make yeah, sense. Yeah, the 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 pay per views, the eleventh and the the South Korea dates, uh, February fourth. Okay, perfect. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's um because they they used to do that all the time. They would they would you know kind of bunch those shows together and uh, you know because then they don't have to. It's easier to move all the production stuff and everything, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. You can fly all this stuff to South Korea and then fly it to Australia and then back to the U.S. So, but do they have a week off at any point in there or no? Uh, I have I have not seen the the okay. early schedule. All I know all I know is we're fighting until Thanksgiving week. Yeah, here. And then, and then there's a week a week off of Thanksgiving. Then we have three straight shows to start December, and then it's off for like three or four weeks. That's not bad. So it's you know, it, it's it's the same it's the same kind of schedule since yeah. you, since ESPN t- took over. You go through you go through the start of college bowl season, and then you don't come back until college bowl season's over. This this stretch from like uh, you know the end of August till now is you know till the end of the year is is actually pretty easy. We get a lot of weeks off, so kind of cool because of football um and any what do you think uh any idea of what what they're going to be looking at for a main event i mean if he wants to do it it would it wouldn't shock me if korean zombie is in the main event if he wants to do it but uh anything outside of that like i it's it's kind of it's it's hard to know what know what you're gonna book in the yeah the main event in south korea Although I mean, it's you know, it sounds far away, but that's you know, just a little over three months. So. Yeah, I mean, we're we're getting fun. There's already at least one fight booked for the car for the card. So there's fights booked for the car card. It's yeah. just the main event. I don't, you know. Yeah. It'll. I mean, and it's a and it. This is a fight night, right? Yeah. Yeah. ESPN yeah, okay. Plus show. Right. So uh, I mean, why? Oh, trying to remember. I'm gonna oh, be. They started like five, four a.m. Yeah, hey. Yeah. <laughs> I could <laughs> be fun for me. Yeah, I know. I'll I'm be one, uh, I'm the one who covers it. So Oh, I I I think the last time they did South Korea, I was still covering and I you know, I'd be waking up at like, you know, four three thirty and getting yeah. some coffee and you know, uh and it's usually on a Saturday morning. Yeah. So yeah. Like I uh, tell everybody, whether I've covered it or not, I have seen every UFC fight live as it happens, whether on television or in person since what? <laughs> that's crazy forever man. that's crazy forever, so. i so, i well and i guess if, because even, of how yeah even on these shows that i didn't actually cover okay. and the japan shows korea shows all those that started at weird times i was up watching them so i used to always for whatever reason because we would do it like we would alternate weeks when we, when we were both doing it for the observer and i somehow always ended up with these like south korea shows i and japan and we, if it was a weird time it was me covering it yeah uh, and you and, would always volunteer and i'd always know? say i'll do yeah. it because yeah. i'll be up watching the show regardless yeah. and i would no no it's cool i'll do it but now i'm glad you're doing it because i do a lot more stuff with ratings now so yeah it's uh yeah, it's, it's a nice little mix we have now. Um, all right, uh, UFC Fight Pass and the Metaverse, and we we've kind of talked a lot about this over the last three four weeks, and yeah. and really like after I think it was after we recorded uh, where kind of the news kind of broke that uh, they were really pushing forward with this, and we even saw a little bit of of this on Friday at the LFA show. Yeah, yeah, we t- I mean the whole point of the Zuckerberg thing that we talked about a few weeks ago was, you know, trying to figure out metaverse kind of stuff. And I guess they came to a deal to test it out on UFC fight pass and, uh, all the shows on UFC fight pass, uh, both live and they, 
and they said the press release said so said on demand too so maybe like old shows that you Ooh. could go if you if you have the vr headset which i think they're like those are like 1500 bucks or something like that something like that i mean you can get them for less but the really good ones are 1500 i don't own one i don't know that i'm interested in watching this in the metaverse but uh yeah and then if you have the meta oculus or whatever app it's called you can watch these shows in vr and i saw uh Kaposa, who's the big, mm-hmm. the, the probably the biggest MMA fan on Twitter who watches everything. He was, he was doing, he was taping, he was watching some in the VR in the metaverse, taping it, you know, posting clips on Twitter. It looked really interesting because you know, he's basic, basically you're sitting like yeah. on top of the octagon, on top of the fence. Like yeah, kind of where the cameraman yeah. would be, like kind of where the guys who are shooting, who are camera, the cameraman, whether you know video or still photography kind of like where they were they were at and you could see everything going on it's really interesting and uh john morgan was on it and he said that like if there's other people in the app that you know you can interact them like like me and you we could be watching yeah. we could be watching on the vr vr headset vr headsets you could be up there in canada i could be down here in texas texas but we could actually be like sitting next to each other on the vrs like and then talking to each other other like we're right there next to each other so i mean the concept is kind of cool i don't know that me personally i don't know that it's as somebody who covers these shows i don't know that i you know i don't know that i would utilize it all that much but the concept sounds cool for the on-demand, I mean, you could do stuff like watch-alongs of yeah. like old shows and stuff. That would that would be cool for that. I just found like, and again, this is me, you know, and I'm old, and um, and I had a comment on Twitter. I, it's okay for me to call myself old. I don't want anybody else doing it. Um, if a, but if it's a harmless joke, no, I know, you know I don't want to get into it. But um, I know I know you don't want to. Get yeah, into it. but uh, the um, but well, what I found in watching it was. It kind of reminded me of like if I was at cage side and I had really good seats, um, except I find that the picture on actual television is so much better and you get the commentary and and you you can see things. And I, I find like even when I'm even when I'm covering shows at cage side, which I haven't done in a while, but when, when I have and when I do, um, a lot of times you can't really see what's going on. So you end up having to look at the screen. And with this, like you could kind of see it, but there were times, you know, like a ref would be in your way. And then there was one point where like an ad just kind of popped up and like blocked your view of everything, um, which I guess is, you know, part and parcel with what they're doing right now. And um, but I I do see the potential and some of the stuff that, you know, you just talked about. And for me, like as someone who normally when I'm watching it is not necessarily covering it. I mean, I'm covering it on some level because I'm taking notes for the show and everything. And but I could see like. It if it would probably entice me to watch live more if I had one of these headsets and and the, I I knew like let's say you were watching or you know Garrett or some other Justin you know big MMA fan that I could kind of watch quote unquote with you know and we could comment and we could talk about it and especially like between fights rounds who do you think won that round and you know like should they stop it and all that stuff like that that'd be kind of cool and you do that on Twitter. But this is like more like real life interaction and I guess yeah, that's like kind of the like you're talking to each other, like yeah. Like the next you be, phase, you would be hearing what I'm t- what I'm telling you, and and yeah. vice versa. So, which again, for you know, a lot of the problems with social media, and you you kind of made the point just as a joke, like oh, if it's a harmless comment, a lot of times when you're when you're typing things out, the context of what you're saying and the tone doesn't really come across. Whereas yeah. if you're talking to each other 
in real time and and it's you're actually having a conversation you know you you have a much better idea of what that person means and where they're coming from yeah. and stuff and the conversations and you can kind of limit probably who you're talking to like you're not talking to the whole world you're talking to your buddy yeah. and uh yeah so i yeah this i mean i i'll see i could see myself trying it at some point but um you know it's it's very early and this could be the next big thing or it could be 3d tv yeah. that you know comes and goes and and i guess we'll see but facebook seem and mark zuckerberg in particular seems to be all in on this so um we'll see what happens um Jorge Masvidal wants Leon Edwards next and you've got yeah right um yeah. I mean yeah right in the sense that that I mean I'm sure he'd take the fight but yeah. that's not really a fight you can make I mean Jorge's calling Leon Edwards all kind of name trying to go to Edwards into giving him a title shot basically which isn't going to happen Edwards is fully focused on Usman next but but Masvidal he's itching the fight mm-hmm. is what is what I get on on it and and you know, his it's kind of hard to figure out who he's going to fight next. Give him the Brady I mean, Muhammad winner. Yeah, to me, the only fight that makes sense, the fights that make sense for him most, would be if you don't do Connor against Ferguson, would be Masvidal Connor to try to milk one last mm-hmm. buy rate out of Masvidal because I think his drawing power is done. Okay. But maybe if you put him against Connor, you, it's big enough. It's big enough. But uh, Dude, D- I, I, Diaz rematch maybe. If if Nate's gonna fight again in the UFC within the next year, then Nick could do, do Nick, do Nick. Uh, I still like the idea of Masvidal against Gilbert Burns. Yeah, so. and and I do like I'd say like if um, uh, like Muhammad or Brady like that. I mean that'd be a good fight too. I mean it may be not big enough name for Masvidal, but um, be a good fight. Yeah, you can make yeah. a superstar out of it. Um, and, uh, last in our news, um, uh, Aspen lad, we talked about her last week, uh, signed with PFL and she's got an opponent, uh, Julia, Budd. is this gonna be on the pay-per-view? Yeah. Yeah. Just, and I wanted to bring that up because this is the fight you were calling for. And you said it'd make perfect sense to have her debut against Julia, Budd on that. I pay-per-view. thought I said so, that, but I yeah, you did, say, you did say that. So I wanted oh, to give good. you, I want to give you some shine on this stuff. Thank you, know? you man. So, I, you know, sometimes I, sometimes I get things right. And, yeah. uh, you know, and I do find that as we do these shows and as I'm forced to like pay attention to what's going on and uh, do, do some homework when I actually do it. Like I, I find like I'm able to understand things better and kind of have a better sense of who's going to win and stuff like that. So um i uh yeah i've I've definitely become a better fan uh doing the show with you so uh, you're rubbing off on me i guess it's probably (laughs) a better way to put it because you i mean you know where these things are going like probably before they do but uh or at least before they announce it uh me i'm like i've had that damn fight brain for 20 years like i think i think i think like it's being the it's being the wrestling fan fan and being the fight fan and being being like the observer reader for yeah for since I was like eight years old, I'm always thinking like five steps ahead when it comes well, to see, book, for me, when it comes to booking stuff. <laughs> for me, I'm I think I'm a little bit too much onto the pro wrestling side. So I'm more looking at what makes business sense as opposed yeah. to what makes uh, <laughs> fight sense. And you have a really good way of putting those two things together. And then the other part that sometimes I miss is certain reasons why certain guys can't or won't fight. And for yeah. me, like the fight looks like it makes sense. And it's like, oh, well, they're training partners yeah. <laughs> or they've already fought three times yeah, and I yeah, forgot about a, it. You know, that's like kind of like being the five, ste- five yeah. steps ahead. Like you wish yeah. like 
you wish being training partners wouldn't wouldn't have an effect on whether a fight's going to be made and all all this and that. You you wish it could be. You wish sometimes that booking MMA was as easy as booking wrestling, where you just play like, okay, y'all two are going to going together because you know you don't have all those obstacles. But yeah, you just I don't know. Just who um I I, I just you just reminded me of. I, I just got to pull up the name because I'm so bad with remembering um, the names of fighters. But uh, my my pro wrestling reign, Mirab Devalishvili, when he did that speech about Sterling, and I can't fight him. He's my brother, and he yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, my pro wrestling brain is like, you know, ultimately Sterling hits him with a chair. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, we're, we're going to have that fight next week. Um, you know, like that's, you know, but it's never going to happen. He, he, he still, yeah, he hits him with the chair, and then he steals uh, yeah. Marab's hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he's wearing the hat, and he's doing promos, and now he won't fight him, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah it's kind of like Ray and Dom right now. Um, but yeah, so th- that's the news. Um, and uh, next, we just finish off the show like we always do. We have uh, we have some uh, fight announcements, and yeah. uh, you got some ones you want to highlight here? Yeah, it wasn't a ton ton this week, but uh, some pretty you know notable names. I, I thought uh, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, UFC Fight Night in Orlando, October third, co-main event: Taito Ivasa. Quick turnaround from that Cyril Gone fight, and and uh, he's going to fight Sergey Pavlovich, which. Uh, Pavlovich is really good. I think that's a dangerous fight for Ty, especially coming off that fight with Gone. Like I yeah. would have hoped he maybe took a little more time off and didn't and maybe waited until Australia to fight again, but he's back in action. And then exciting welterweight Nico Price fight is making his long way to return. He he uh, had an ACL injury that kept him out for a long time, but uh fight Phil Rowe on an Orlando card. That Orlando card, we'll talk about it when the time comes. But it's a pretty deep card for a fight night. So. When you when you brought that up, like originally, like because the main event is uh, Kevin Holland and Wonderboy, right? Yes. Yeah, and so when you brought that up, I didn't even occur to me that this. I just assumed it was at the Apex, so I didn't realize this was like a fight in front of fans. So that's yeah, uh, yeah they, they're they're going to want to make that a big one. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's a uh, that's really and then uh, UFC two eighty two uh, on December tenth. We got the trio, a trio of light heavyweight fights. We talked about uh, Yuri and Glover for the title, the rematch being official. Uh, then we have the presumed number one contender fight, uh, Jan Blakovich against Magomed Ankalaev on that show. Show wow. probably one of those two guys are the backup in case Yuri or Glover get hurt during camp. So it makes perfect sense for those two fights to be on the same card. And then uh, you have another light heavyweight fight. Two veterans who've been around forever, needing wins. Alexander Gustafson against Ovin St. Preux. So uh, there's I'm that. shocked. I did not think we'd see Gustafson fight again. Yeah, I did not think so either. Yeah. But uh, I guess St. Preux is about an opponent that makes sense, I guess, at this yeah. stage. Yeah. And then uh, first show of the year, year uh, January 14th, uh, big women's bantamweight fight, Ketlin Vieira against Raquel Pennington. And then yeah. the one fight that's so far for that South Korea card, Daeun Jung against Devin Clark. And I imagine that uh, most of the fights that come up for that card will be South Korean fighters, uh, maybe yeah. some Chinese fighters, and yeah, Japanese. Uh, and, I mean, you know, some overseas people who, who. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Never mind. I don't want to say it. Well, I was gonna, you know, you could. What you could do is, uh, if they decide that they want to bring in, um, oh God, uh, uh, Alvarez, 
you know, after fighting in one for so long, you know, you could you could sign him and put him on that card too. Yeah, yeah. You know, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> you don't seem high as I'm trying to think if there's any any, you know, anybody other than than the Korean zombie who could headline that show. Uh there's I feel like there's a female that's coming up. Um uh, you'd know better than me, but yeah. like strawweight or flyweight somewhere because I yeah, just because even the even the couple Chinese fighters, fighters who could headline, you know, they're kind of all booked. Like Wei Li, obviously the title fight. Songy Dong, he's hurt. Li Jingwang just fought, right? Yeah, but but February, fight, you know, fighting in September and then fighting in February, that's that's an easy turnaround right there. Yeah, so, so maybe, maybe him, maybe him, yeah. All right, but yeah, hopefully it's hopefully it's a zombie because I think everybody would want to see that. Um, all right, so that is just about going to do it. Uh, so Ryan, uh, you didn't have anything in this past week's Observer because uh, you had a week off uh, a week and a half ago, but uh, this coming week you'll obviously have coverage of the uh, Araju Grasso card uh, in the Observer, and as well you'll be covering this show uh, on bright and early Saturday morning. Uh, and uh, I'll probably be watching more or less live this week for sure, because, uh, you know, I, I'm usually doing nothing on on Saturday morning. So uh, just usually catching up on old wrestling. So in this case, I'll, I'll watch the UFC. So you can interact with both of us on Twitter. And uh, I'm Paul A. Swantane. He's Ryan Drake Frederick. And uh, yeah, just as long as you're nice to us, we'll be nice back. Um, and uh, I've got uh, the live edition of the Dynamite show. So even if you're not a subscriber to the Fight Game Media Patreon, you can actually listen to the show this week or watch it. We'll be recording about a half hour after Dynamite ends, myself and Jeff Hawkins. So you can look out for that on your YouTube. And we'll put the audio up as well. Um, I think they're going to put it on the free feed this week too. So just look out for that. Uh, and uh, Ryan, you got anything else you want to plug or uh, just uh, take us home like you always do? I'm going to take us home. I uh, hope everybody enjoyed the show. Be uh, be on the lookout for some more YouTube clips, especially of our of our new segment, you know, because because, you know, really, you know, it's a really easy way for y'all for y'all to interact and get used to the, get familiarized for, with the show. For those who who haven't listened before or have have occasionally but yeah we'll be trying to do more of that but hope everybody enjoyed the show have a great week and enjoy the fights this week later say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill